Welcome to Ask an Innovator, where we interview senior executives about innovation. You can find us at askaninnovator.com or subscribe with your favorite podcast app. I'm your host, Josh Barker, CEO of City Innovation Labs. Welcome to Ask an Innovator. I'm here today with Heidi Brown, Director of Strategy and Innovation at OMI Industries. So today we're just going to talk about innovation. Welcome, Heidi. Thanks for having me, Josh. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So we always start out, what is innovation to you? So it's funny because innovation has kind of become a cliche, at least in my mind, because it is so overutilized. It was, you know, it's become a bit of a buzzword. So um, at my desk in my office, I actually have a picture of Brad Pitt from Fight Club, but it says <laughs> on, on this particular image, it says the first, uh, what is it, the first- Rule about Fight Club. Yeah, the first rule about innovation is that you don't talk about innovation. <laughs> so I really try to kind of keep that out of my vernacular um, sure. because it, it it can be so many things to so many different people. But I think it's it's a way in which work is getting done and people are utilizing it to sort of energize organizations, which I think is really compelling. So, sure. so I think, it, again, working with a lot of different innovation practitioners across industries, I find our struggles are all the same, but our, our roles are all very different. Yeah. So, you know, I think it depends on the day for me what innovation means for me. It might mean bringing a new concept to someone in the organization trying something new or reading something that inspires me. I mean, it's a little bit of a hodgepodge, I guess. Oh yeah, sure, sure. So tell us a little bit about OMI Industries and what industry you know that OMI is in mm-hmm. and a little bit of background of that so our listeners can kind of understand your perspective, where you're coming from. And you can tell a little bit about your background too, but sure. OMI Industries. So it's a really interesting company. It's um, a 28-year-old company, privately owned, based in Long Grove, Illinois. Our specialty is odor elimination. So it's kind of an, a, a funny topic. It's it's not very sexy to bring up, sure. um, but, but it's a real problem that people have. And um, it's basically a recession-proof issue for sure Um, as long as there are human beings walking the earth there are going to be odors you know odor problems we have a a proprietary chemistry that um, naturally treats odor through molecular absorption because of sort of the wherewithal and the impact and the effectiveness of our solution we span um, a variety of industries we actually have an industrial division so we treat things like solid waste Hmm. asphalt wastewater treatment facilities and then we have a commercial division that works mostly in the Jansan business, so jan, you know, janitorial services, healthcare, hospitality, and Hertz is one of our biggest clients. So I guess people are disgusting in rental cars. So, <laughs> so every, every Hertz rental car that you ever utilize has been treated with our products. We have a consumer line that's sold in you know all of your big box stores for the most part: Target, Bed Bath and Beyond, Kroger, Costco. And that's for household usage. What's really interesting too is we just got into the cannabis space. Oh, interesting. So from a consumer standpoint, we've just launched a line called Cannabolish. So it's a spray and a candle for your- Very rec- cleverly named. Thank you. <laughs> um, for your recreational can- cannabis users in states where it's legalized, of course. And then on the industrial side for growers. So when you have this agricultural you know, mm. outfit that's growing, cannabis there's a strong smell that comes along with that and you have a lot of constituent complaints so we have equipment and our ecosorb product which treats that and treats it in a way that's very natural too so that's a win-win for both involved so yeah so i've been with the company for a year and a half it's a it's my first time working with a cpg company which is what really what enticed me to come aboard i've known the ceo for many years just through acquaintances but it was it was uh 
I really wanted to get that supply chain experience and then also it's a global company, so I thought that was a great opportunity as well. But prior to that, I served in Governor Rauner's administration for two and a half years. I was the chief of staff for the Department of Commerce and then the agency director for historic preser preservation. And then um, the majority of my career was sp spent at State Farm's corporate office in Bloomington, Illinois. And my last role with them was overseeing the ideation function within the innovation department. So I've had that experience of being in this really um, large organization with deep pockets in a very well built out innovation team versus now my current role is um, I'm a department of one and it's the first time this organization's ever had anyone focused on innovation. So mm -hmm. it's been really fun for me to kind of evolve and develop that role in the year and a half I've been there. Oh yeah. So yeah. What, what types of things, I mean, in the odor industry are in, innovative, I, I mean, are there different is it mainly focused around different chemical compounds or different ways of covering smells or are there different things in that strain? I'd imagine probably even productizing, like you named, mm -hmm. what was it? Cannabolish. Cannabolish. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's innovative in itself. It really is, yeah. And so, that, I'm always like an amateur anthropologist. Where, you know, where are hmm. people, where do odors exist in people's homes and why do they exist and how how are people treating them? And so understanding from that standpoint, then you get down to the crux of the behavior. Yeah. And what I've learned, which is I think is really interesting, is um, with odor comes a certain confidence. People want to feel proud about their environment, their their homes, or I can't tell you how many times I've gotten into a car with one of my mom friends, and she's like, "Oh, my car's disgusting," you know. <laughs> And so, you know, thinking about it that from that vantage point, how can you make a seamless solution that integrates into everyone's life um, that is, you know, easy to manage but is effective? They can feel confident about the safety of it, mm. um, and always looking for new sort of applications or partnerships to some. So there's there's you know things happening in that space. When I joined a board too, I really felt like God, these guys missed the boat on the pet boom. Like 10 mm. years ago, oh, yeah. people, I mean, pets have always been a mainstay in our culture, but about 10 years ago, and I, I liken it to like the, with the Paris Hilton and carrying her dog around everywhere, something about having a pet became very chic. Mm. And you saw a lot of people like, when I was in college, no one had a pet on campus. It's mm. very normal now. Yeah. Um, people are investing more in their pets than they ever have. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. And there's these like very bougie pet stores. So, that to me, had I been with the company 10 years ago, I'd have been like, we should be the pet solution right. because there's so many smells that come with having an animal in your Absolutely. home. Absolutely. Any kind of animal. Yes. So, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of the organization and, and kind of, you know, I'm always trend scanning and looking for the next big thing. Um, but that's, it's been, you know, kind of to be determined in terms of what innovation means. And, and if right now it's like not even having the construct within if someone has an idea, we don't have a pipeline, we don't have a process. So I'm kind of developing those things right now mm. so people understand um, how to work within that space and really encouraging the entire organization to think in a different Cultivating way. Cultivating that. Yeah, because really, I mean, that, that's where it starts. Right. Or, organizationally, you have to have that culture in place right. that everyone feels empowered to contribute to a new idea, a new concept, a new way of doing business, um, an enhanced way of doing business that's where it all begins to right. me. And that's really what I've been focused on for the last year and a half. Right. Yeah. And I know you use the word anthropologist. I love that word because, you know, being the study of humans, right? Yeah. That's really what, where a lot of innovation mm -hmm. starts, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you were talking about culture. Mm -hmm. A lot of that's anthropology is yeah. figuring out how 
humans operate. Right. Talking about consumers, mm-hmm. talking that's that's I know that's a passion of yours. Yeah. Right. An- absolutely. Anthropology, figuring out how that works. I just yes, I very much enjoy that and traditionally our organization is, is very entrepreneurial in nature, even though it's almost thirty years old and it's been an evolution of instincts and happy, happy accidents and just really great science. Mm. Um, and so that's another thing that I'm, I'm trying to expose and introduce the team to is different research practices and really getting to the core of the customer and what motivates them to purchase or acquire certain different products and making sure that our products are validated and there's reaction from a consumer does this trigger sprayer work the way it's supposed to what do you think of this label is it more important to you that it's natural or effective so just kind of inserting myself as a disruptor almost right so it's it's been like i've been evangelizing a lot um just bringing people into my space to let them know the difference between ethnography and netnography and how you can commission different consumer insights and what's important to consumers from a just, you know, a very much a, a market trend standpoint as well. So, so yeah, that's, I love doing that. And it's fun to take people along with you on oh, that yeah. journey. So awesome. Well, how do you, you know, you were just mentioning, um, reacting you, you're, what did you, what did you say? I wanted the exact quote was something to the effect of happenstance. Like this has all been like by accident, happy accidents, happy accidents. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, so with that, how are you changing it from happy accidents to just being more intentional about an innovation culture and innovation in general? Like what opportunities do you see mm-hmm. for, you, for your industry in general and for OMI that right. you guys are seeking to go after? So, you know, we, we're having a senior leadership strategic planning meeting um, next month, and that will be where I actually roll out that innovation process. Methodology is no different than what, what most people use, but it's just standing it up, making sure that it's consumable for our type of company and our size of company. Sure. So it it doesn't become laborious. Working for a really big company like a state farm, there was a lot of stage gating and a lot of mm. bu- more bureaucracy. And that's just the way that organization was designed. Sure. The beauty of being with a small company is that you can move faster, yeah. be more agile, take some risks, um, and and so that's where I've really been trying to curate the, the innovation pipeline process um, that I was sort of groomed on, um, but but cultivating it in a way that makes sense for this size of company and what we do. So introducing that first and foremost, um, and then um, in addition to that, within that meeting, I'm also taking the group on this immersive sort of ethnography experience. Um, we're in Savannah, Georgia, around preservation and um, sustainability with historic structures and that's to act as an inspiration exercise for a sustainability strategic planning session that we have worked into our agenda so just trying to do different things to get people thinking differently because i think the more well-read you are the more exposed you are um the the contributions are much richer from those involved Mm. you can't just go into a, a room and say let's brainstorm and here you go i mean there's a discipline to that right and so that's really been I think a lesson learned or something that I try to do as much as possible is take people physically take people with you immerse them in what you're seeing and doing because that's how you win hearts and minds right so right yeah so a lot of it it sounds like you're you're cultivating that culture first mm-hmm. of all mm-hmm. and then how are you you're talking about we're talking about anthropology do you just literally when you're looking at creating something new how are you validating that in the market um 
Well, what I've actually done since I've been there has been more strategically focused organizationally on having the right framework in place. Um, and step one. Step one, right? Yes. And I really tried to temper any, not temper enthusiasm, I hate to say that, but temper new product development at this point because sure. I think there are things that we can do with existing product enhancements or product mm. line ex extensions. So I'm brought in as a thought partner. Yeah. What do you think of this? What What have you seen that's really interesting from a design, like more of a marketing liaison? Sure. As opposed to like, let's build something, something brand, new. brand yeah. new. Yeah. So that's where, but I'm like really excited to do something with this cannabis line because we only have two products in the marketplace. It's a fascinating culture. It's growing like crazy. And that's where I, you know, I'd like to, once I have the bandwidth to get in that space from, you know, from the ground up, you know, starting with strategic opportunity areas and consumer trends and then doing ideation and then you have concepts and understanding all of that piece, really getting immersed into that ecosystem and starting to develop something around people's behaviors mm. as they're utilizing cannabis in, in a very different way than it was once perceived to be the couch potatoes, no longer the couch potato. It's very much a healthy lifestyle, high end upper echelon type of culture is what I'm observing. Mm. So I think that there's something there for the discreet soccer mom or the adventurer that can be, that could be integrated within their lifestyle that would be um, really impactful to mm. allowing them to do something that they enjoy, but not wanting to have that burden of smell. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think it's cool that you said you're focusing on existing rather than new, mm -hmm. because I think that's a fallacy that mm -hmm. a lot of people get into with innovation, mm -hmm. right? They say, well, what's new? Let's create something new rather than looking at what's already available and saying, yeah, we can make this better and we can we can get more market share just by making small tweaks on our existing lines. Amen. Yes. And so you're you know, that's exactly what I've been trying to articulate because it, it, about after 60 days on the job, that's where I saw there just needed to be more structure before we just went wild, wild west yeah. and just started developing things or dreaming of new ideas left and right. We have a lot of products and we serve a lot of industries and it's crazy the size of company that we are that we do have such a, a reach. You know, mm -hmm. it's a good problem to have, but you know, it also can become difficult to scale when you only have so many resources. Yeah. So I will say the one innovative thing that we are doing is, you know, making an investment in technology. Again, we just invested in this technology called a mass spectrometer and um, it helps validate the effectiveness of our product with certain odors. Mm. And we're also doing a lot of work in the odor measurement space, which, so if you think about sound or sight, there is a very tangible, quantifiable way to measure that. Right. There's no way to do that with odor. Hmm. So it can't be like, Josh, you're at a four today, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> did you just come from the gym? You know, so, so this, this to me could be revolutionary for, oh, yeah. for our industry. So not only could we, it'd be great to show how effective our products are. We know that they're effective. I mean, but it's very much in a subjective way, but to be able to show that in a quantifiable way would be impactful. But then to take it a step further, then you can sort of lead the sort of regulatory space because right now it's a very fragmented um, ecosystem in the fact that some cities have ordinances and some don't and you know mm. and it takes so many constituent complaints before a wastewater treatment you know facility will actually implement some sort of solution so if I mean that could be like hmm. our first step is like we'll do a free assessment we'll come out and do you right. know our version of measuring the air it's not it is air quality but it's not 
you know, how toxic it is. It's just how bad does it smell? Mm. And then let us come up with a custom system for you to solve this problem. And you can always monitor how it's doing based on this, you know, sensor technology and, you know, the components that we've integrated in there. So mm. I think that is fascinating. Very. And I mean, it could be used at that industrial level, but all the way to the household level too. As you're looking at things like IoT and connected home. Oh yeah. Again, people want to feel proud about their surroundings and we've gotten so much customer feedback like, thank you so much. I was always so embarrassed about the way my mm. house smelled because the previous owners had a cat or there was a mold issue and you've really empowered me mm. to feel good about my surroundings and I feel great about the fact that it's natural and it's safe and it really works. And so that's those are those moments that are like, yes, we're doing the right thing and we're oh, really yeah. helping people too. So if you could sort of be able to tell people like, you know, think you're selling your home and you have these odor issues that you can quantify that and say, but if you put the solution in place then you know that be like, you know, a radon test essentially. Right. So I, the work that we're doing in that space, I just, I get really jazzed up about that. Cause I'm like, this, this could be revolutionary. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. the downside about that is people could no longer call it the sniff test, right? right. I mean, cause then right. it's quantifiable, right? right. So exactly. <laughs> so what is the future? I mean, that's a really good propels us into this next question is what is the future of odors, yeah. the odor industry in the next five, 10 years to you? What does that really look like? Well, I mean, this is when I'm going to really show my inner nerd, but like I think about things like smell-o-vision, you know, smell -o -vision. like when, when will we be able to smell through our phones and our devices or augmented reality, you know, mm. I'm just, you know, you're, you know, the, the vision is that you'll be able to create your own surroundings essentially mm. and live in your own orb or bubble. But what does that mean for odor? Because odor provokes so much nostalgia and good feelings and bad feelings and so where do we play in that space i think that could be really cool That's interesting yeah. yeah yeah so is there something for us within that if, if if it's a virtual reality component just because you're walking down the street and you don't want to mm. see you want to see a beach scene instead of the city you know city scene but how does that play into the smell aspect of that because you know in, in an urban environment you have garbage you have you know pollution and traffic and you know, all these things that like have these smells, but how do you smell the beach when you're right. envisioning the beach? So those types of things are, I think, really interesting. And I know that that's kind of out there, but that's the what I like to dream about. And I think that's why they brought me on board is to kind of get people thinking differently about the future. Oh yeah. That's, that's, I think rarely does anyone think about when they're talking AR, VR mm -hmm. smell. No, I, I don't think I've ever, this is the first podcast, first yeah. conversation I've ever heard. What about smell? So, yeah, yeah so it's very interesting. It is, it is. So I think there's, there could be, you know, there could be something there with that and just kind of continuing to watch that um, trend evolve and see what happens with the technology, so. Hmm. And it seems like a good first step to that is being able to measure it. I mm -hmm. mean, the, yeah, being able to have that technology mm -hmm. to figure out, I mean, because I don't think there's anything on the industry currently, and correct me if I'm wrong, you guys did the research, I'm mm -hmm. sure, of. Is there anything that you can transmit a smell? Maybe some things, early stage things. Yeah, I mean there. I mean there are things. That, I mean, I have a terrible sense of smell, which is so ironic. But I guess it's good because we do have to smell things sometimes, you know, that are unpleasant as part of our job. But our chemist is a certified nose. That's a real thing. And a certified nose. Yeah. I had no idea. I know. Wow. So I'm like, you're a PhD and a certified nose. How funny and great <laughs> is that at the same time? Who would have thought that? But, you know, she's she and her team go out and to different project sites and they do all these tests 
with some of this technology we've invested in, but a lot of it still is that subjective, just being able to sense it yourself. And um, she has a really great deep understanding of molecular composition of different mm -hmm. smells and how they afford different challenges and different formulations to mitigate them. So, and you never know what the next new smell is gonna be based on evolving whatever, I guess, you know? So I, I feel like there's limitless possibilities with this organization and with what we do. So it's very exciting. Very interesting. So what would you say, I mean, as, as a takeaway for people mm -hmm. listening to this, I mean, we've, we've hit on a couple concepts is being able to focus on existing mm -hmm. for innovation, right? Mm -hmm. Making those better. Mm -hmm. And then additionally, anthropology, starting with the end user mm -hmm. in mind. Mm -hmm. what, what are some key takeaways? I mean, those are a few I could think of. What are some key takeaways for you as people are listening to this? See, like, don't get stuck in thinking that innovation is just new product development. I know that kind of touches on what we, but you can be innovative in anything that you do. The way you run a meeting could be innovative. And so that's where, you know, I just think trying something new and being a little bit more fearless and doing new things and not mm. being afraid to sort of say, I think we should, you know, I, I've brought, I mean, nothing too crazy, but like this group had never done like an improv exercise. I'm like, let's bring in improv people. Let's, you know, I'm always trying to introduce the group to something new. So trying something new every day is part of my own personal mantra. Mm. So whether it's a different way to respond to an email, a different way I run a meeting, a different way that I organize my day. Hmm. Um, that to me is what keeps me inspired and fresh and energized. Um, so that's, I think that's important and, and not being afraid to do that, you know, and not being afraid of the unknown and the newness. And, and so that's one of the things I think that is important. Let's see what else. Um, and I think that's a good point too, because as you get older, I think you just start to make decisions by default that yeah. what's easiest, right? What's yeah. the least friction? Yeah. What do I know right. versus is there a better way? Right, absolutely. And I just think whatever it takes and everyone is, you know, everyone's DNA is different in terms of what inspires or energizes them. But, you know, get out in the world. I can't be in the office more than a few days a week because while I like to be there and collaborate with my team, I need to be in the city or at a conference or meeting people where I'm having these great organic conversations that may or may not have to do with business. But that to me is a catalyst for my energy, which makes me a better innovator at mm. the end of the day. You know, being well read, exposing yourself to new experiences. I mean, that's to me what I need to do to sort of be the person that I need to be to then be the, the figurehead or the evangelist of this practice to do things in a way that is innovative for new product development and then you I think it also helps with the influence piece too mm. but like I talked about earlier bringing someone with you immersing them in what you're seeing or doing that is the best way to win hearts and minds and get the funding that you need or to influence a decision that you feel is important to be made right so influence yeah immersion yeah. creativity all of that so awesome trying new things trying yeah. new things yeah. yeah cool yeah well I appreciate your time. No, thank you. It's been a great conversation and uh, we look forward to smelling something in the future right from you guys. <laughs> Absolutely. So you, or not smelling, I should say, yeah. covering up odors. So. I brought you some product, Josh. Oh, you so, did? Yeah, of course. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I brought you some out. Fresh Waves, so not Cannabolish Fresh Waves, so. <laughs> Perfect, <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Cool, well, thanks again. You're welcome, thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to Ask an Innovator. Visit us on our website, www.askaninnovator.com. This podcast has been sponsored by City Innovation Labs.